You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Welcome to Sports Day with Badge and Sats. Two footy legends covering all things sport for Kia. Introducing the all-new Kia Carnival, Australia's first GUV. Hey, g'day listeners, what a good night we've got planned for you tonight. Badge and Sats here with you on a different Thursday night. Sats, how are you, mate? I'm great. I'm even better. I'm even better when um, one of our listeners sends a message in last night basically call, calling me a comedic genius. Oh, you're right. You're texting Adrian, it again yourself. Adrian said what? that. He said the best lawyers have the letters QC, Queen's Council. The best comedians have the best have the letters CG. Comic genius, arise, Sir Scotty Sattler. Thank you very much, right. Adrian. You're now my favourite listener. Woogie, uh, can you just have the applause button ready for all of these moments of comic, comedic genius that we're going to have throughout the show, please? Okay, yeah. uh, they will be coming thick and I'm fast. Very, I'm good but bad because I'm so excited about Magic Round. I yes. love Magic Round. Well, I love the concept. But it's a little bit flat in a way not having Thursday night footy. I love my Thursday night footy. I love that we have the four mm. days of footy. However, it's been changed, Magic Round, of course, but it's just a little bit too long to have uh, four days of footy stretched out over – the eight games over the Thursday through to Sunday. So they've ditched Thursday, two Friday night games, three Saturday and three on Sunday. Hey, it's official. Adam Reynolds is off to the Broncos. Yeah. You heard it here first. <laughs> well, all around the place anyway. I wonder how Rabbitohs fans are feeling about that. Now that no it's official. Sense? Now that it's official looking across the – Woogie, he's not happy. He's been really quiet all day, hasn't he? Yes. He's dead to me, mate. He's dead. But is it his fault? Say that, Why is it his fault? Well, he signed the contract. They didn't want him. They've said you have you've got a home here, but unfortunately, it's only for one one year. Now you must admit, two well, years. You said it, they should sign him for two or three years. They only yep. really offered him a one year deal. Two. Well, the second year was their favour. So second year they could. Well, if he played said, well next sorry, year, he would no, have got another no, one. No, not just, promised. You're not getting it's it. Been is greedy. He? Hey, Broncos fans, I reckon you'd be pretty feeling pretty chuffed about this because it wasn't. It was only a few days ago that Xavier Coates announced he was leaving for the uh, Melbourne Storm. Who's the biggest? Who's the biggest? Song, uh, the biggest decision: the losing of Coates or the addition of Reynolds? Well, for the Broncos, Adam, well, short term, Adam Reynolds definitely. They definitely need some yep. help around the halves and some game management. Uh, but Xavier Coates is. He's got 10 or 12 good years ahead of him, hasn't he? That's, uh, yeah. that's the issue there. So we might have a different answer for that in about four years' time if we're still on the air sets, and there's not much chance of that going on. We might be in, on the air in four days' time. Yeah. Uh, now, what we do every Thursday night is we, we pick a song each. Uh, great idea of our uh, esteemed producer, Woogies. We pick a song each to take the show out and fire you up for the weekend of footy. Mm. It's magic around. There could be a bit of magic around this song. Sats, um, so what have you picked? Well, I've picked a, one of an Australian classic from a, an Australian classic band, Spider Bait. Great film clip as well. 
can I? It's good head banging music. Should we set parameters? Should you be allowed to pick a uh, a make like a, a remake? The original was done by Ram Jam. Ram Jam, that was it. I was trying to remember who it was. Mm. Are we allowing badge? Are we allowing remake? It's sung in a completely different context as well. Like it's it's because I've got a remake tonight too. Okay. Um, I think that'll be up to the listeners. If they don't like remakes, they won't vote for that, and they would vote for mine. Predictable. Seriously. Magic round with sixteen teams all in one venue, one town. Fans everywhere. Isn't that about the power and the passion of the NRL? No. No, okay. no I, do love, I, do love the, I do love the oils, but bad. come on. Is he a better politician or singer? Uh, singer, but I did love his passion. Mm. And his power. And his power. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got, Woogie? This is what I could imagine Sats and Mark Guy in the old days walking down the tunnel Penrith Park, holding hands, singing this walking on to the ground before they did battle. <laughs> I can imagine it. Oh. Looking into each other's eyes. Come on, MG. He's swinging Come his hand while there. he's there. He's pretending he's got Jump MG up. by the hand. Ooh, Let's get him. Nah, we'd be McGowie. I think you would have been doing that with him. Gary would bite Great my girl. face off if I put that song in front of him. All right. Our text number is 0477-736-736 if you want to join in. Oh, is that on Twitter, Woogie? You normally put that on Twitter? No, no I don't. Okay. So text us. 0477-736-736. That should be in your phone by now. I, just like Bondi Jack Sats, mm-hmm. uh, as you are known by, to Bondi Jack as Stats yep. from last night. Are you asleep again? Joey and Maddie have made it clear their plan was to run the show, not to become water boys yes. for Matt Parrish. Bondi quote, Jack. Unquote. I get it, Bondi Jack, but I'm Talk saying. about the Samoan coaching Matty job. Parrish actually came out after Joey and Maddie and co and said, I'd love to be able to what? start that. <laughs> I'd love to be able to start up that conversation with yeah. Maddie, Joey, and Sonny Bill Williams. Well, I think Bondi Jack's pointing out that's not going to happen. Well, we know that's not going to happen now, mm. Bondi Jack. And coming from Bondi Jack, I'm thinking that you're a Roosters fan. So. I won't hold that against you. Sats, you had a uh, you passed this on to us on the weekend. You had a good uh, read of the paper. Was this digitally or actually you bought the paper? I, like, I, I, get I know. I that. still like to have the hard copy in my hands. Well, I do. Yeah, what? Yeah. Oprah. What? Mm. Well, you bag me every night for bringing my paper in. No, that I bag do. you because you wrap it under your arm like an old man. <laughs> and then when we say to you, oh, did you see Adam Reynolds sign? He goes, what? What, what are you talking about? I didn't read that in the paper this morning. <laughs> he thinks that anything that happens in the paper, nothing else changes in life. It doesn't. It takes 24 hours to get through <laughs> to me anyway. Uh, you, you read about this uh, match review committee story from Adam Pengilly. Yeah, it's a really good story where he uh, spends some time with the match review committee. It's been so controversial around the, the gradings of, uh, of some of the, uh, the charges in our game over recent weeks. And I suppose this is um, motivated first and foremost by the Latrell Mitchell situation a few weeks ago. Mm. And then there was Dylan Brown on the weekend. Uh, near Cora. So yeah, it's a really good read about the process and what they've got to go through. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a sensitive or every, every matter is a sensitive matter. So he gives a really good insight into the process. Well, he's going to, he's going to join us soon. Yeah. Adam Pengilly from the Sydney Morning Herald, as is Tyson Gamble, the current Broncos number seven. How's what a day he to feeling? get him. How's he feeling about Adam Reynolds getting signed? You know, he, he's, he's not just a halfback though, is he? He's more of a five eight. There you go. Yeah. And he's six foot two. Mm. He's a big body. I think in the new game, the way the new game's going, I think he'd make a really good number 13. He's not He's not really excited about Adam Reynolds coming, but he is the fact that um, Anthony Milford's being shopped around. There's a couple of clubs interested, apparently. We'll talk to him pretty soon as well. Time for this. 
Sports Day Sports Update. Thought we'd never get to it for rolled family-made Vietnamese served fast and fresh. Uh, it is official. Adam Reynolds has signed a three-year deal with the Broncos. This is what he had to say. Sats in a statement. Um, and South supporters, I think you'd feel a bit better about this. I can assure everyone at South and all the members, my sole focus is on helping us win another premiership this year. There's an exciting adventure on its way next year for my family, but that's next year, and I'll be doing everything I can to help us win the trophy in 2021 for everyone involved with South Sydney. And I can't wait to rip in with the boys. That's what a good else is cliche. He gonna say? That's the truth, Sat. So you're yeah, saying that's what, not how he feels. What else is he going to say? Well, he is, wants is, to is win he going the to comp- say, I've signed with the Brisbane Broncos next year, and for the rest of the season, South fans, I'm just going to I'm just going to ride the wave. But you don't think he is, do you? No, absolutely. He's not that sort he's of player. Committed. He's absolutely. committed. Absolutely. He's a South man through and through. He'll all try right. and, and it's all about legacy, and he's got a great legacy at South, and he wants that to remain. So once again, how do you feel, South fans? 0477-736-736 about Adam Reynolds going, and, you know, is he going to be there uh, – completely there with the team this year. I think he is, but um, some might not. But this is the big question, Sats. How did the Sharks miss out? How did well, the Sharks miss him? They offered more than the Broncos, apparently. Yeah, from all reports, $200,000 more the Sharks have offered. Over, over three years. Yeah, over three years. And uh, not having to move too far or move at all in relation to his family. Uh, lives... Oh, he could have, could have paddled a canoe to training. From yeah, so um, where he is. Yeah. Again, from all reports, uh, Craig Fitzgibbon left the meeting with, with Adam Reynolds. Uh, he, he was confident that, that he was going to be at the club. This was weeks ago, up, yeah. just after Fitzy had signed with the Sharks And I suppose coach. this is where you've got a coach that's currently coaching at another club where they, they can't give their all overall focus to spending time trying to entertain the, the prospective player. So mm. um, he left that meeting. From all reports, uh, feelings though that they were confident they were going to get Adam Reynolds. Um, then was handed on to others within the organisation who, from more reports, haven't left a great um, a great image in Adam Reynolds' mind about the club moving forward. But I don't think that plays a major part. I think what plays a major part is a, is a person that's become a bit of a mentor to most players he comes in contact with, and that's Wayne Bennett. I think Wayne Bennett has probably l- sat down with Adam Reynolds and said, well, you're not going to be here, so I'm going to help you make the right decision for you and your family. And I think a lot of that is about is going to Brisbane – possible third-party opportunities with a one-team town, uh, being the skipper. But also, I feel as though that looking at both teams in the next two or th- two years, for example, I think the Broncos, with Adam Reynolds in the side, are closer to playing finals than what Cronulla are. And many may think that's, mm. that's pretty subjective. But oh, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think with that young forward pack, and with if they get a couple of other signings like they're mentioning now, they want to look after trying to get a Gagai or a Capewell um, the Jaden Sewer, yep. for example, if they if they can get some of those players to the Broncos as well, all of a sudden in 2022, we're talking about a completely different Brisbane Broncos yep. side. Yeah, I think it's some breathing space for Kevy and Co. There now that they've signed Adam Reynolds, and uh, as we said, they've kept they've kept uh, Katoni Staggs, very very important part of the puzzle. See, that's a, there, and and sorry, and given that, and it's not. If anyone's thinking that's a conflict of interest, Wayne is the South coach. He shouldn't do that. This wouldn't have happened until after. The decision was made by Adam Reynolds that he was not staying at South. They mm. could not come to an agreement, and the Bunnies stood firm on their their one plus one year deal that was really a one year deal, and and Adam Reynolds had other offers, and he said, "No, I'm leaving." So at that point, I imagine that's well, we we're speculating that yeah. Wayne would have been involved and 
Um, and Badge, and he's, it's okay for him to do that. You look at Adam Reynolds as a halfback, Katoni Staggs as a 5'8". And trust me, Katoni Staggs will handle the number six jersey on his ear. And then all of a sudden you get a Dane Gagai who's probably got another two or three years left in his career. you got him in the centres. And if they get a Nico Hines that plays fullback and then Jermaine Asako moves to a wing, wing it's a dangerous back line. Yeah, it is. All right, some other news uh, before we get to our break because I know we have uh, Adam Pengilly from the Sydney Morning Herald uh, lined up to have a chat to us very soon. Caelan Ponga has been ruled out, Knights fans. You've probably heard this already uh, earlier this morning, but he's been ruled out an adductor injury. He's probably going to miss round 11 as well, so he won't be making the trip to uh, to Brisbane. If you put your footy tips in and you can change them, you might want to. I'm not so sure. I think I might be going with the Knights still, but others might take. That's the first game tomorrow night, isn't it? it Tigers is, yeah. and Knights. And one of the biggest draw cards is Caelan Ponga. Absolutely. Not only to the kids, but, I, I mean, as a mature – I. I call myself mature, no, but as an adult, um, I enjoy watching him as well, so it's a shame he's not going to be there. Uh, West Tigers will be happy he's not there. Jacob Arthur, 18-year-old, uh, picked at 5'8 for the Eels, has been cleared to play. Uh, he could slot into the Eels' top 30 because Michael Jennings was let go last week. Um, Roosters fans, happy about this one. Apparently, you've locked in teen sensation Sam Walker for a couple of more years. Um, well, it's going to be a five-year deal. I know, but it's two. I think it's, I I think think it's, it's a smart. wise move by him. It's really smart. He can play. At the end of five years, well, in your fourth and fifth year, you're probably thinking that he's going to be playing for unders. Mm. What it means, though, if he, if he stays for 2022 and 23, that means he doesn't start at the new Brisbane franchise. They've taken him away from being a target yeah. for their first year. Absolutely. And, and he would have been a young kid of, of his talent. Yeah, well, no, I doubt very much that. The Roosters, who do recruitment really well, they wouldn't allow Sam Walker to get through to November 1 of the year he's coming off. No way. There's no way in the world that they'd let him do that. No way. And Josh, Josh Hodgson has put to bed uh, rumours about his bad relationship with Ricky Stewart. I think um, some of it's been a bit laughable. Some of it's been, you know, obviously well documented. Well, me stepping down from the captaincy, all that kind of stuff. But some of the other stories of it was a little bit laughable, saying that. You know, me and Stick are, you know, fighting and arguing and all that. Though, you know, when I when I stepped down, it couldn't have been more amicable. Like, we shook hands, then a pat on the back, and, and just went about business as normal. We've got a pretty good relationship. We know when it comes down to, you know, to rugby that way, business is business. Sometimes you've got to talk business, but that doesn't affect your personal relationship off the field. So me and Rick will never blew, you know, in terms of a big way. But you know, we're all good. Great to hear. Great to hear from Raiders fans' point of view. I didn't understand a word he said. There are people searching for reasons why the Raiders are going. Is Bad. he Irish, it's Scottish, or English? Nothing I'm not to quite do. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to get to a break while you work that out for rolled, fast, fresh Vietnamese with crunch, bite, and flavour. Order via the app or visit a store today. Adam Pengilly from the Sydney Morning Herald will join us after the break. You're listening to Sports Day. Have your say by dropping badge and sats a text. 0477 736 736. That's 0477 736 736. This is Sports Day. We'll be right back. This is Sports Day for Kia. Introducing the all-new Kia Carnival, Australia's first GUV. Welcome back to Sports Day with Badge and Sats. And I was sitting in a cafe on Saturday, guys, and I was uh, reading a very good story from the Sydney, in the Sydney Morning Herald written by Adam Pangeli, very good journalist. And it was around the match review committee. Now, there are a lot of moving parts when it comes to uh, the potential suspension or the charging of players each and every week. And it was a great insight uh, in the access that he had. And uh, we're, um, we're lucky enough to have him on Sports Day here tonight. How are you, Adam? 
Evening, Fats. Evening, Babs. Going well, boys. How about yourself? Yeah, really well. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, now, with the story and the access you had, how did you find the experience sitting amongst the, the match review committee themselves? Yeah, quite fascinating, Sats. I was sort of born out of the idea from a few weeks ago. I remember that storm that week we had where Latrell Mitchell suspended for four weeks. Victor Radley had that downgrade at the judiciary, which was quite controversial. And Paul Momorowski sort of got suspended for three weeks. Had the idea to maybe do a bit of a deep dive into how the actual match review committee works. And I was lucky enough to be granted a bit of access by the NRL to actually sit in there with the match review committee on a night when they're analysing games and going through incidents. And it's quite a, it's quite a complex process, a lot more detailed than what I thought it would be. You, you're sitting there with the guys, and I sat in there on that particular night with Michael Hodgson, who's one of the four former players on the match review committee. And he watches the game in real time, but he can pause it, rewind it, fast forward, whatever he likes at whatever stage of the game, and watches incidents, I suppose, I suppose he might think uh, need to be called into question from multiple different camera angles, about 11 or 12 different camera angles they've got. And I sat in there with him one night and did that, and it was quite, I was quite fascinated by how much work goes into this process. And I was watching this game we were doing, and I won't give away the game for the purpose of, I suppose, uh, uh, release information for the, the players that might be involved. And the game didn't have a lot of spite. It was pretty, pretty mundane, I thought, anyway. And, Within the first 15 minutes, he'd already tagged four incidents that he, he thought might be a question in that game. And he sent them. And what happens is, they've got a, he's got an assistant who sits there and cuts up those clips and sends them almost instantaneously to the other members of the match review panel. And basically, that happens to the entire game. They do that for eight games a week. And then four mornings a week after each night's game, they sit down and analyse those incidents and decide which, which incidents should be charged. So I suppose this is where all the argument has, has started. And you just alluded to that. How do they come to the decisions? That they do, and you, and you just mentioned that you know, there are four ex-players now. As the ex-players on the review committee, do they analyse the various incidents based on their experience as a player, also, or purely now as a, and as a, uh, an observer? Well, I think a bit of both. That's to be fair, uh, and to me, that was the most fascinating part of the experience was sitting on their discussion the next morning. So I sat in on a discussion on Sunday morning when they're analysing games from the previous night, and. Let me tell you, there's a lot of debate between them. They don't necessarily agree on everything. Uh, there's a lot of debate about whether something should be charged or not, what level charge it should be. And their recollection of different incidents or similar incidents that they're looking at is quite remarkable when you think about it. There's one incident in particular, looking at a tackle of a player who uh, who sort of made a tackle on a playmaker who passed the ball and sort of turned his back. One of those tacklers would, would try to get out of the game with that whiplash effect. And I think Michael Robertson sat there at one stage and said, oh, can you bring up that tackle from last year, about 18 months ago, which we, which we charged? And he just knew that off the top of his head. And they've got this massive database of incidents they can call up and, and show the, uh, each other on this WebEx platform they've got and compare the tackles uh, basically sort of 18 months, two years apart and come to some sort of decision. There's a lot of things that goes into that decision where uh, an incident should be charged. They look at the force, they look at mitigating circumstances, risk of injury. Now, one thing that I wasn't quite sure about is that they re- request medical reports from the clubs so if they deem an incident worthy of being charged, they can then use that medical report to either elevate that charge from, say, grade one to grade two or from a grade two to a grade three. So it really was a, an eye-opening experience for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised to hear that um, that little bit you just you just mentioned there about reports from the clubs. Um, not sh- I didn't realise that they might take into account uh, the damage that's been done to a, a player and in an incident. Um, what, what surprised you the most about the whole process. I know you've already mentioned a, a couple of things about the instantaneous uh, access they have and uh, that they don't all agree, but was there anything that really surprised you that you were you didn't realise about the match review uh, process? 
Yeah, but two things probably. The first thing is how detailed it is. Like I'm probably like a lot of fans and being a journalist who covers the game for a few years now, I think they just sit around on you know, one morning and just have a bit of a poke around, have a bit of a coffee or something like that and decide what needs to be charged. But it's a lot more thorough than that, the amount of work they put into it. So that was the first thing for me. And you can't underestimate how much that judiciary code plays a part in what gets charged or not. As, as pundits and fans, we sit there and we think, well, how do they come up with that decision? But that they strictly are wholly and solely guided by that judiciary code, what they're going to decide. The second thing I'll make reference to is the fact that I mentioned a bit earlier to you guys is how much debate there is. Like there was one particular incident that I referenced in that story, guys, where they virtually split 2-2. They couldn't decide whether to charge a person or not. And they had to come to some sort of consensus or the decision was that basically it happens the the match review chairman gets the casting vote essentially. Mm. And... I didn't think that would be the case. I thought they'd just be mostly in agreement. But this was quite a lengthy debate. It went for about 10 or 15 minutes on this one particular incident. And I actually asked Michael Robinson about the Latrell Mitchell case a few weeks earlier. And he said they discussed that at length for at least 15 or 20 minutes before they came to a position. So they're probably the two things in my mind that stuck out most that surprised me. Mm. Now, you mentioned four former players on the match review committee. Is, is that, from what you've seen now, is that the right balance? Just, just former players? Yeah, it's a fascinating one, Badge. I've spoken to a number of NRL coaches who argue against. They won't say it publicly, but they'll say it privately. They think there should be a better balance between not just having ex-players involved in that match review committee. I tend to think it probably wouldn't be a bad thing to maybe have someone from the outside to come in, whether that's uh, someone with a legal background or an administrator or potentially a former coach, something Mm. like that. I'm I'm not too sure what the right mix is, but having four former players, the NRL insists is the best model for them because those players obviously recently retired or have been retired in the last sort of five to ten years, so to speak, and they think they're up to date with the the trends that are happening in the game. And that's the other thing that would keep their get their heads around is tackling techniques change so quickly in the game, don't they? We see all these different moves and manoeuvres to hold players up in a tackle, to slow down the play of the ball, and these guys insist that they're across that. Uh, that might be an argument that other people will say they're not because they've been out of the game for too long. So, yeah, it's a very vexing question. Do they talk to mm. the bunker during the game? Uh, not necessarily, but there is a log that the referees or match officials or bunker can also tag incidents throughout a game that they think might be of concern. If the match reviewer himself doesn't pick up that incident, they get, then it filters through to their system. They can have a look at themselves. So they're not directly in contact with them at all starts throughout the course of the game. They're, they're sort of in a separate sort of offshoot room in that NRL bunker complex where they do their own work. But there is some sort of internal system where they are both, or obviously both sort of departments are tagging incidents they think might be of concern. Now, we're in a billion-dollar game, Adam, and um, we've got this review committee. And is it true they're only part-time? They're not full-time? Yeah, that's right, Sats, definitely. So the, the guys all juggle their own jobs and families and everything like that. So the particular morning I was in there was a Sunday morning, and they were discussing incidents at about 8 o'clock, 8.30 in the morning uh, before they went off to do other duties with families or work and then got back into the Sunday afternoon game. So that's an argument that could be made. But the mm. one thing that Graham Annesley has been at, pains to point out he says it's ridiculously difficult to get people to be involved in this job because a lot of people just don't want the criticism uh they know what's going to come the brickbat's going to come when they make decisions so that's why i think if you remember he had his weekly briefing a couple of weeks ago he came out really strongly and defended the credentials of people involved with the match review committee and the judiciary so listen i you know in, in an ideal world you'd love to see him do that on a on a more permanent basis more full-time basis but i just don't know whether the financial rewards are there to, to warrant a role like that. Or, or should the financial rewards be there so we get the best people to do this incredibly important job? I think it's really worth worth further debate, Adam. Um, do, do coaches and clubs have any way of 
contacting and having access to the match review committee? Yeah, absolutely, Badge. I spoke to Michael Robertson, did a bit of an interview with him, and I sort of said, do you, do you speak with coaches? Do you speak with footy managers, speak with chief executives about the concerns they might have? And he, he said, my phone line is always open. Uh, he said, I often speak to them. It's probably more of the imposition of the coaches or the football manager to take up the conversation with him, but he says he does speak to them fairly regularly if they've got concerns. He'll generally just explain the process that his match review committee went through and how they arrived at the decision. I don't think we'll ever backtrack on the decision, obviously, but mm. he'll try and give them a bit more of an understanding of how they came to a decision. Now, one, I'm pretty sure Justin Holbrook and Mal Meninga might have been on the phone this week after the David Fafita uh, incident with the judiciary on, on the other night. So, yeah, but he, he's always maintained there's been open-minded communication there between the clubs and the match review committee. Adam, are you a little bit like me and you're a little bit concerned that one of the match review committee members is a winger? Michael Robertson. <laughs> and a very good winger at that, mind you, but he's a winger. <laughs> What about one? What about two? Anthony Quinn's involved. Oh, stop it! Oh, now throw, throw the book out the door. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, is it? Is it now? Is it? In all seriousness, is it the? Is it the best system you think? Where we've got the match on-field official, then you have got the bunker, which goes through the match review, then to the judiciary argument. Yeah. I... To be honest, that's, I think it's probably a better system than what I, what I thought it was until I went through this whole process a couple of weeks ago and sat down with them. Can it be refined and can it be better? Well, yes, I think it probably can, to, to be honest. Uh, sometimes I, I'm, like, I'm like you guys, I'm like the average fan. Sometimes I see the gradings come through or the charges come through and I, I scratch my head and think, well, how did they arrive at that and how did that get charged and how did that not get charged? How do we do it? What's, what's a better system? I suppose that's the million-dollar question, isn't it? Like the, how do we improve it? I, Maybe a better cross-section of guys on that panel. I'm, I'm not too sure. Maybe a, maybe an extra member. I, I don't know. I don't know what the exact answer is, but I, in my mind, it's a lot better than what I thought it was before I went in there and did that story. I reckon we should have Blocker and Les Davidson on the match review committee. <laughs> no one would hey, ever um, be suspended. Is there a contentious incident in the game that they probably discuss more? And, and what I'm probably trying to allude to is one of my biggest bugbears is, is the crusher tackle. I think we go too far with it in relation to charging players. Yep. And speaking to Michael Hodgson about that, that he, he spoke about the different grips and he, he can he can recognise very quickly a you know, under grip and over grip, all these different grips that players use in a tackle. The the, yeah, the crusher tackle, yeah, maybe sometimes we do go a little bit too far with it, but you know, if we don't stamp it out, we're only one horrible tackle away from a, a catastrophic incident, aren't we, really? So mm. uh, one of the other things that I did notice on that night that I did was the, the knee lift. So a couple of times that they... they tagged incidents for knee lifts, which I wouldn't have necessarily noticed straight away in the game when I was watching it live with them, but they picked it up straight away like that. So, uh, yeah, they, they are eagle-eyed. I give them credit for that. They don't miss a thing. No, well, no doubt um, you'll be watching what comes out of the match review committee even more closely than, than ever, Adam, now that you know how the process uh, works or have a better understanding of it. Yeah, and watching these charge sheets come down mm. every couple of, every day, virtually four days a week, they're just quite fascinating, isn't it, now? And I... Even that's a feeder one, I must admit, I watched earlier this week. I think, how how is that a grade two? But they would have taken into consideration a lot of different things, like the fact that his feet left the ground when he tried to make that tackle. They look at the force, uh, look at everything like that in the tackle. Was it still a grade two? In my mind, probably not, but that's what they came up with. So yeah. there's just a little things they will look into when they come to a decision. Well, of course, and then the judiciary, you, you have your chance to defend yourself if you think they got it wrong at the judiciary, don't you? So, yeah, I think the system's not not too far off. Hey, fabulous stuff, Adam. Really a great story that you, you put together there in the uh, Sydney Morning Herald, mate. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll look forward to reading your next edition. What, are you heading to Magic Round? 
I am, boys, flying up tomorrow morning. So up there for a few days, looking forward to it. Uh, eight games in three days. It's going to be it's going to be good to have some big crowds back at the footy. That's, yeah. that's what I'm most looking forward to, a bit of atmosphere at Suncorp. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll bump into you there. Thanks for joining us on Sports Day, mate. Thanks, boys. Have a good night. Break time on Sports Day. Our tips for Magic Round, round 10 of the NRL. Up next. You're listening to Sports Day. Have your say by dropping badge and sats a text. 0477 736 736. That's 0477 736 736. This is Sports Day. We'll be right back. This is Sports Day for Kia. Introducing the all-new Kia Carnival, Australia's first GUV. Now, Hot Topic Time. Sure is. And our hot topic on a Thursday night is our tips for Magic Round for Waratah Fencing, Australian made for over 135 years. You can't do what Danger's done, Sat. So it's, not, text it's not really here. hot. Our tips aren't hot. No. Well, this, oh, I've got some pretty good ones. Speak for yourself. I'm leading the comp. Hi, boys. Danger. Uh, this is our mate up in Cairns. Let's have a $20 bet. I'll have all the away teams. Now, that's a fantastic opportunity for me to win, Danger. We know what you mean, Danger, because they are, apart from the Broncos, they are all away teams. Mm-hmm. Knowing your luck, they might win. Um, they got the Seagulls. So, all right, let's rip through them. Sets uh, first up: Tigers and Knights. I called the game with the Knights last week in Canberra, and if Kalen Ponga doesn't play, the Knights don't win. So, I think the West Tigers win this one purely oh, because Ponga's of that. out. Yeah, yeah. Tex Hoy coming in. Um, they have made a few changes to the uh, the Tigers as well. I'm going for the uh, for the Knights. And you and Woogie going for the Tigers. Yep, Tigers. Alrighty. Uh Seagulls. In Madge we trust. Seagulls and Broncos, the second game, Friday night. Seagulls. I'm real smoky. Too. I think we're all, really, real all on them. Real smoky this year. Um, are we all taking the Raiders to beat the Broncos first up Saturday? Correct. Oh, hopefully, mm. yes. Mm. Rabbitohs and Sharkies. Reynolds uh, has been named and you think that obviously he's, he's come with the side uh, today to Brisbane. You think he's mm. obviously going to play. So I'm going to say oh, he's the, going the, house, the Rabbits. Yeah, which, Probably kill two birds with one stone yeah. this weekend. Rabbits, rabbits, all yes, around. Yes. Uh, roosters to beat the Cowboys. That it's could a, be a pretty that's tough. That's a hard one, yeah, I think. It is a tough one. You still look at the Roosters' side. It's a yeah. You've got Tedesco and Joey Manu and Josh Morris, Daniel Tupo, Sam Walker at halfback, Victor Radley, Satili Tupanua, yeah. Chris Crichton, yada yada yada. They don't. They they've only lost to the best sides, haven't they? The yeah. Storm, the the Eels. It'll be a tough game, but. Tough, Tough game. game. Cowboys found something special last week uh, with Val Holmes and Tamalola getting him home late. But I'm going for the Roosters as well as you guys. Warriors and Eels. Warriors Eels. have had some injuries, haven't they? Eels only lost one game. I, I like what mm. the Eels are doing. I, I, I just think because their players have matured, some of their key players have matured another year, I just think when it comes finals time, we're going to see a completely different Eels side. Jacob Arthur to make his debut at 5-8. Brad Arthur's son, 18-year-old. That'll be quite interesting. Storm to beat the Dragons for me, the first game on Sunday. No Brandon Smith, no Cam Munster, no Harry Grant. Yeah. And Still got good depth. They have got good depth. Uh, they'll win, but I think it's going to be a really tough, tough game for them mm. against the Dragons. Yep, I'm with you. And the uh, will the Panthers continue their winning ways against the Titans in the late game? I think they will. I think there's the possibility that some points will be scored. But their, their defense is so strong. Yeah, it's and they great. haven't. They've just got no injuries. Oh, you know, Kurt Catewell's out this weekend for one week. The great Manly side, 95, who end up losing the grand final to the, the Bulldogs. They conceded 80. They were the best defensive side that year, or through the, through the 90s. And uh, they conceded. They then went on one. They lost the grand final, won the 96 grand final against the Dragons, and they conceded 80 points after nine rounds. Gee, that's good. Panthers got beaten last year's grand final, dominant all year defensively. This year, they've conceded 60 points. 
60 points after nine rounds. Well, that's ridiculous. They're just, it is ridiculous. Nine rounds. Mm. Less than seven points a round. Yeah. Wow. I convert a try. That's about it. That's about all they're going to give you. Yep. If you get a couple against the Panthers, you're doing extremely well. Uh, any text before we... Yeah, I've got a good one here. A really yep. good one in relation to South. Good evening, gentlemen. Mark from Mark from Hurstville. Who will be South captain in 2022? Good question. Mm. Mark, I think... Damien uh, Cook? Damien Cook. I think Cam Murray. Yeah. Well, without really knowing those personalities that mm. well. Um, yeah, I'm... Yeah, it, it might be Alex Johnston from the wing. You just don't know. Is Latrell throwing the captaincy to, to help him mature? Good, he's good. matured a lot. Well, last you know what? I, I really admire Latrell. The stuff that he stands up for. He's yeah. He's not afraid to speak his mind and yep. uh, and stand up. And and it's been a tough road for a young bloke, and now he's getting to that stage. So good on him. Hey, those uh, tips were for Waratah fencing. Innovative fencing solutions that work. Stick with the best. Waratahfencing.com.au. What, what about Cody Walker? Yeah, mm. possibly. Are they only going to get a couple of years out of him as skipper? But do they want someone long term? Uh, Pete from Orange. I'm a 55 year bunny supporter. Regarding Adam Reynolds, p- players come and go. Adam is a 30 year old at the back end of his career, and as good as he has been for South, he has every right to chase security in the dollars for his family. Similar True. to Brisbane unloading Wally Lewis a few years back, 1990 that was. They went on and won the comp. A couple of years later. A couple of years yeah, later. Yeah, well, they have to make those those tough calls, and I know that would have been. That would have been a really difficult decision for the for the South Sydney hierarchy and board to make, but yep. they did it for the best intentions, no doubt at all. And I, th- I think it's a win win. Yeah, I think it is too. Um, hi boys, another text here. Great insight into the match review committee. Thanks to uh, Adam. That's we got that from Adam Pengilly a little while ago. All we want is consistency from the officials. It sounds like they're working hard to get that. Great point. This is from Matt the Panther. So not much to complain about. I'm very excited about the season so far. Penrith keep improving, but I hope we don't end up like Para in 2009, lighting up the comp and failing to win the big one. That was last year, Matt. That was last year, Matt. Yeah, okay. So, <laughs> Satu, uh, I know you are feeling a lot better about your Panthers uh, this year. They are outstanding. And uh, there's a couple of sides out there at the moment that are leaving everyone else for dead, and that's the Panthers and the Storm. And uh, we've got, well, of course, we've got the Rabbitohs and Para. There's Roosters, but after that, Gee, it's hard to make a case. Yeah, there is. Could you make a case for anyone else? Give us a why don't you give us a buzz? Zero four double seven seven three six seven three six. Honestly, do you think anyone outside of that t- top five is going to win the competition? I think I, I can see a Penrith and Parramatta grand final. Penrith and Parra. Yeah, you've brushed the storm. It's I know, they are just Peter, so consistent. Can, can imagine Peter win score if it was a. His shop in Parramatta, if Parramatta and Penrith played in the oh, final. Oh, my God. Amazing. Right, now, this is Sports Day for Kia, introducing the all-new Kia Carnival, Australia's first GUV. When we come back, our news headlines and royal news as well. You're listening to Sports Day. Have your say by dropping badge and sats a text. 0477 736 736. That's 0477 736 736. This is Sports Day. We'll be right back. This is Sports Day for Kia. Introducing the all-new Kia Carnival, Australia's first GUV. Sports Day news headlines for Polaris, Australia's number one off-road vehicle brand. This is you, Sats. News headlines time. Yeah, two more men have been charged over Sunday's 
alleged assault on an, uh, at an under 13 rugby league match between Wynnum and Logan Brothers so that's taking in Brizzy. Yeah, total. Did you see the video? Total number of people charged to four. Yeah, oh, shocker. It Brutal. was horrible. It comes as graphic pictures uh, revealed the alleged victim's injuries has surfaced. Uh, Brisbane father Josh Jones, 35, he suffered two broken eye sockets. Fractured cheekbone and a broken nose. He was this, just, sorry, Badge, he was about this, to start a job on the Monday oh. as well. Um, Do we know how it started? He's a model. This is, a, this is what Peter Volandis is saying. We've got to crack down on this. We, we will lose the long-term battle if we don't crack down on, down on this sort of stuff in junior footy. It's so hard, but when there's volu- only volunteers. Are... Um, sorry, boys. Hate to interrupt. Oh, yeah. Got some raw news. Yeah, Meghan Markle and Prince hey. Harry. What? Oh, I... do you do it? Sorry. <laughs> Sorry about that. Sorry. He's stolen his royal. I'm the royal news. correspondent. I know you like here, hearing but... yourself on the radio. <laughs> yeah. so off you Meghan go. Markle and Prince Harry are competing in a popularity contest with Kate Middleton and Prince William. Are they? A royal expert. So you know it's true. Yeah. He's claiming. Oh. Who's more popular? Oh, Kate Middleton. Meghan. No, Kate. Mm. With you, I didn't mean. Let me See, move the with you. Part of it is and, how and you say that. We're not talking about the pictures in your on your wall in your bedroom. Oh. We're talking about who's the more popular. They're the ones of Prince William. Uh, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex have <laughs> launched a string of new Hollywood-esque projects since stepping down as senior royals in Megxit. Is that what they're it? calling it? They call it Megxit, including Meghan's uh, children's book hey, and their Archwell podcast. Hey, hey, that'd be fascinating. Um, <laughs> I want to know why they've stepped down as senior royals, but they're still called the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. Yeah, not sure. Uh, meantime, the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge also appear to have embarked on a rebranding in the last few months. Like, rebranding? Mm. How do you rebrand? Like, oh, oh, you just pay uh, pay some uh, people in, they're not even PR. suits, any in PR companies, a couple of million dollars. And They've got a, a, a brand new YouTube channel and changing their Instagram handle. That's big. Fantastic. That is big. That's big. All right. Um, we better leave that there. That's amazing stuff. Thanks. You're welcome. Again, Woogie, go get Ranger confidence for the confidence for the price of a quad. Visit your local Polaris dealer today. Okay, now for Four Pines Brewing Co., the official beer of Sports Day with Badge and Sats. On Sports Day, it's time for the unusual. What? The stupid. What? And the ridiculous. Lead us out, Sats. Get us off from that royal stuff. Some real, real important stuff here. Yep. Now, I was told last week about a friend of a friend. So a friend what? of mine was telling me about one of uh, another friend that were not in the same circles that he, he'd met a girl. He's about to take her out. <laughs> Is this the last laugh? No, he's about to take her out on their first date. What? And he found out that she loves dogs. Now, he doesn't have a dog. So what he did for their first date was he went and hired a dog for the first date. What? Exactly. He's brilliant. To try and impress her. Did it work? It brilliant. Did. Second day. What, what sort of dog would you hire? You'd have to be careful because some. It's a good you know, question, you Gary. You don't take an Alsatian when, if she's a poodle lover, do you? What do you, what do you take? You got to find out what so sort I think, of dog. I think you got to go with a really safe dog. So uh, Labrador. Labrador, golden yeah. retriever. Yeah, that makes the girls melt. Yep. Yeah. Or well, English Staffy. Right. Like isn't, mm. isn't that a Labradoodle now? Isn't that what the, everyone's getting? Yeah, there's anyway. always the oodles. Oh, well done. Don't well take done. a true boodle. Hey, um, did you hear this stuff about the uh, the bamboo bats that they yeah, walked in? Yeah, I heard you to... talking about this what? the other day, but I fell yeah. asleep halfway through it. So Excuse me, Oprah. Oh, sorry. The MCC, yeah. or the Marleybone Cricket Club, mm-hmm. who make all the rules, they're the rule makers of and the, you know, the laws of the game, whatever, they've knocked back the use of bamboo bats. Because they're round? Because. They're round, because bamboo's round. No. Oh, uh, yep. Because you can't get them. Because they have to be made of wood. 
What? Okay, bamboo. Is bamboo not wood? Bamboo is grass. Is it really? Oh, it is not. Really? Woogie, I know some mates of yours who've smoked bamboo. It's definitely not wood. <laughs> In fact, I think you've been having some tonight. Yeah, so it's grass. So they say they will look at this down the track, mm. but at the moment, well, not. not when I was it. getting the cane in school, it didn't feel like grass. Oh, how bad was the cane? The good old days, eh? Did you get it on the fingers? Or yeah. The, Do you Did know you what? get it? Yes. You would have got it heaps, Sats. Well, in boarding school, they didn't have oh. they had the oh, strap. No. Let's not tell boarding school. Don't talk about what they'll they did the with the cane. Now, we, we had a – yeah, this is plenty of watts here. Listen to this. It's like <laughs> you've got to be in time here. We had a brother that used to put coins – in the leather strap, in between the leather strap, and get it professionally what? made. Yeah, coins. So it was harder. And then we had another brother that kept his leather well, so strap. So he hit you with it. So he hit coins. you with it. So it'd be the leather strap, all about three or four layers, but in between the layers were all coins. I thought it might have been an incentive. What? Yeah. And then <laughs> we had another brother that kept his leather strap in a freezer. What? So when he'd hit you with it, it was obviously rock solid and nearly break your hand. How many brothers you got? <laughs> That's what I want to know. What's your next one? My next one is um, they want. Now we talked a couple of weeks ago just in the office here about the the remakes of movies that they've made over the years. They remade Dirty. De- uh, sorry, they remade Footloose. What? Should, yeah, no, should never have happened. You can't do that, Kevin exactly. Bacon. They want to do a remake of the cult classic Roadhouse. What? No. no. Patrick Swayze. You can't. He's gone. You can't remake it. He's gone. I know. Who? who, No, I'm not even going to ask who should do it. Brad Pitt. (laughs) That's just wrong. Mm. All right, I've got one for you with a sporty touch. Uh, Justice Hooney and Paul Gallen are now fighting for the vacant Pan Pacific heavyweight title. What? Same fight, but that title is vacant. And therefore, Paul Gallen, could he become an accidental champion? What? What He says he's not fighting for titles, he's just fighting for money. But if he wins this somehow... He'd be the Australian and Pan Pacific champion. I know. It's pretty good negotiating when you want to go and fight overseas. Unbelievable. Isn't it? And then yeah. he needs to get that belt and put coins in the belt it. and stick yep. it in the freezer. You wouldn't, you <laughs> wouldn't have survived a boarding school. No. Uh, no, no, not at all. Yeah. Um, now, listen, moving away from boarding schools, haven't you got one more? No. Yeah, I have. Yeah. There's a girl that is, she's an Australian girl that has woken up from something. She had tonsil operation. For an operation. So she's woken up and all of a sudden, she can speak Irish. What? And apparently a little bit of Kiwi. Hang on. A little bit of South African. No, she can speak English with an Irish accent. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, it's the same. No, no oh, it's an it accent. might be Irish, <laughs> might be another. No, that's. She says potato. Gaelic. No. Potato. It's Gaelic. Yeah. Have a listen. So it, Angie Yen is counting the days her. on TikTok. <laughs> it's day two. It's day 10 since I woke up with an Irish accent. Problem with that sound is Irish. she's it Australian. Does. I woke up with an Irish accent. What? And I've never been to Ireland before. This is how her Aussie accent used to sound. I'm just calling to cancel my membership and I what? was just wondering for the monthly payments that I've paid. Now what? she sounds like this. And my sister's like, oh no, my, I've got an Irish sister now. There have been about 150 reported cases of foreign accent syndrome. Foreign accent syndrome. Had a stroke and went from sounding like this. We've got fabulous things. To this. What? I felt like I was going bloody crazy. (laughs) That's a crock. (laughs) She just had some helium. I don't know. I don't know who sounds more annoying: the, the 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 new accents or the interviewer. You're not a you're not a believer, sir. Yeah, she didn't sound Irish at all until she said the word Irish and reminded herself that she's actually got to act Irish. like she can speak Irish. Yes, potato. I picked up four different accents in that. Mm. Scottish, Australian, Kiwi, 
and South African. So you, you, yeah, South African. You yeah. don't believe it, you two? No, no, oh, seriously. Uh, I don't know why we do this segment. You blokes just don't believe anything. To be sure. To this, be sure. Uh, that was what? We're getting to a break. What? For Four Pines Brewing Co., the official beer of Sports Day with Badge and Sats. Uh, this is Sports Day for Kia. Introducing the all-new Kia Carnival, Australia's first GUV. Listening to Sports Day. Have your say by dropping badge and sats a text. 0477 736 736. That's 0477 736 736. This is Sports Day. We'll be right back. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.